0: So, Pancho uh, Zuna 9000 con Sean, baby, del internet. Estamos aquí con el super macho Robert Brockway.
1: Hello? <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I doing this again? Are we doing this again? Yeah, this is the second time we've done this intro. I didn't learn uh, Spanish from the last time until with this one. Uh, that's yes, a Brockway welcome. fact. I didn't learn Spanish in the minutes between between oh. intros.
0: What was your uh, second language in La Escuela? It, it was Spanish. <laughs> it just it doesn't work. Education, I'm
1: saying it. I said it so
0: many times. Education doesn't work. Full agreement. Uh, learn from the streets. Take the drugs. Joining us is best-selling author of Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick. Now in paperback, and our Maximo Macho, Jason Pargin.
2: Hello again.
0: Well, Jason, where can people find your stuff?
2: Uh, you can find my more serious columns at jasonpargen.substack.com. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter. Just search for my name. I'm on I'm on all of the things. Uh, and the book is called Zoe Punches the Future and the Dick. My next book is out less than a year from now, fall of 2022. It will be called If This Book Exists, You're in the Wrong Universe. But that's, that information does not help you right now. It cannot be pre-ordered or anything yet. It's still. But it's a great title. Even though I have finished the book, it's because of the way publishing works. It's still 10 or 11 months away. So get hyped and stay hyped. Uh, and yeah, I do apologize if the energy is weird. We had started recording the show and then a few minutes into it, Sean was like, the vibe is weird. Like the topic we've picked, <laughs> which is critical race theory in our classrooms <laughs> is, is not like that's I don't it, it, it's not giving us the right vibe like can we just restart this and do something that's more uh more light-hearted like pop culture or whatever so we threw together yeah. this I
0: thought I had my head wrapped around it I was like guys I get it I I, I can explain it uh turns out I wasn't right it
2: so quickly got off onto vaccines is the thing and that's not even part of it like I don't even know it, this, what we're about to do fits more with like what I feel like is the 1900 hot dog.
0: The vaccines don't work on Turkish people. I've been trying to explain that for months. But, uh, let's have, uh, Jason, would you like to explain for the second time for take two what we're talking about today?
2: Yes, we are attempting a positive episode of the dog zone where instead of Digging into some terrible piece of pop culture. We are each bringing a show from the world of streaming, something that is fairly obscure, something that we are betting 95% of you have never seen because you either don't have that service or it's just buried too deep in the menus. And it's one, uh, these are ones that we love, unironically like a lot. Um,
1: Yeah, I'm definitely on the wrong podcast. I don't know. (laughs) I don't even know how I ended up here. Is this like a portal situation? Well, I have good news for you, uh, Robert, because I brought C,
0: which is a show about blind people in the post apocalypse in Canada, starring Jason Momoa and, um, on Apple, Apple sort Plus, of, right? On, on Apple Plus, right. Where I know people have it because I see 4,000 Ted Lasso tweets a day. But when I tweeted about C, it was the very first time that had ever been done. I invented tweeting about C and it did not get a lot of engagement. Because no one has seen it or knew what I was talking
1: you about. You might have willed but, it into the world with that with yeah. that tweet. <laughs> I think I invented
0: the show. I can't be certain. But um I do sort of ironically and unironically like it. Uh it, it's it's a very complicated show. What happened yeah, it's was It's a
1: complicated emotion. Like I yeah. can I can ironically and unironically like something at the same time, and I see where you're coming from with C and like you can forget about it and catch yourself enjoying it but then you'll also be enjoying it in a different way on like a different level in the part of your brain that is incapable of being earnest and and loving people i guess
2: i think a good example kind of like the platonic example of this is where if you someone shows you like a, a porn parody like a, like somebody's done like a porn parody of the sopranos called the sopornos and you're watching it cuz it's like Solid. hilarious I'm listening and then, but then, like a few minutes in, you're you're un- or un- or ironically getting aroused. Like you realize <laughs> it's silly and stupid. I don't know.
1: I get ironic boners all the time. <laughs> you have one now, I imagine. Yeah, you're just wildly mis- underestimating my ability to uh, to be shitty like all the time about everything.
2: Now, when C but- came out for people, those of you who have heard it but never seen it, it may be from the backlash because it was one of the shows that launched with apple's streaming service i i believe if i remember Mm -hmm. correctly and people were really mean to it but were also really mean to the platform in general i I think there was like an atmosphere at the time where people were like we've got one too many streaming services now like we don't unlike today when everyone's yeah just like oh bring it on please more um and so like the reviews for C, and having seen several episodes myself, I feel like are way too mad at the show. Like everybody's time. just
1: really excited to use those dunking puns,
2: uh, right? It, uh, yeah, I see. I don't see a lot of C C puns because I guess that would be ableist. But see, like- they should have called it smell. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Jason Momoa can't smell. <laughs> this fall on Apple TV.
2: But Time Magazine: The execution is an unmitigated disaster. Not to put too fine a to point on it, C is one of the worst TV series I've seen in years, which is okay, not true. Walk-a-walk-a. I'm sorry. T- television has got a lot of stuff worse than than C. <laughs> yeah. Um, Slate: Violent, grim, and exceptionally silly. It's Bird Box meets great Game of Thrones, but stupider.
0: It's, that I agree with. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, like, that, but that's a selling
1: point. Like, yeah, he's no, just said it in the wrong voice. <laughs> What's stupider? No, no,
0: it's like, oh, hurt okay. rocks, it's Game of Thrones, but no, no, it's stupider. Like, I'm like, uh, yeah, fuck yeah, I mean, sounds so, like a good time. But here's here's why I love it. Um, it's every episode costs fifteen million dollars or so. I think that was the it estimate. It looks so it's expensive. So, I was so floored very, very by actually
1: expensive. giving it a shot. I had no idea. The budget yeah. was like going to be this high after you told me to watch it. I just yeah, and uh, where where I did they get
2: this money? <laughs> Apple, <laughs> Apple's Apple, got threw, crazy money. this man. is one reason why there was backlash because it was like Apple's throwing was throwing tons of money at all these shows like the morning show and all the other ones that launched with the service, and mm-hmm. people were really big on like crapping on it. And it was part of there was a thing at the time where. I guess they had Apple made some announcement like all shows would be family friendly. Do you remember that? There was like a backlash because it's like, well, that's going to be boring. But right. C does not strike me.
0: No, the aunt gives her nephew a handjob in this show. It's, it's,
2: well, hold on, spoilers.
0: Pretty grog- now I'm not going to be, I'm
1: not even going to yeah, be aroused with that handjob. <laughs>
0: Oh, they, they let you know that's coming like three or four episodes in advance. Unlike, uh, just like a good
1: aunt. Uh, no, <laughs> let's pause right here to to say there will be spoilers for at least the first right. episode. But only of, about the hand jobs. Of the shows that we're talking about. So if you haven't watched them and you're planning on watching them and they sound interesting when we start talking about them. Don't be mad at us. Go watch them or something. Yeah. Probably right. better point. than this.
2: But we're not going to spoil uh, like the final episodes of any of these. Mainly no. because... Just like the first maybe couple. Yeah, because Brockway only watched the first couple also. So he has... has Bare
1: minimum say. Brockway.
2: <laughs> but yeah, the, even <laughs> but the, and- the, f- the first episode of C, which again, it's a... you those, By description, I assume people can understand. It's a, a tremendously violent show, right? Like it's... They, game Mm -hmm. of thrones just you don't star jason momoa in your romantic comedy it's oh you should
0: though he he plays he does a lot of snuggling in this
2: show Yeah, he plays a a, you know a guy has like this hatchet type weapon that he chops people with and i
1: love that sword it's just a (laughs) giant meat cleaver on like a stick that's the best fantasy weapon i've ever seen
0: how like a it's like a klingon kitchen tool
1: but no, I that to me expensive. that implies like lots of needless little curves and and fancy serrations, and it's just a right. big square block of steel with a hole cut out of it, and he just he he cuts you like meat, and I love it.
2: So <laughs> it's true. You were tweeting about this for a specific reason, right, Sean? And it, re- right. and it, it requires I, I you to explain the premise of the show. Yes. So I want to talk
0: about like like what I am so enthusiastic about this show about is that um, I think a lot of people listening probably have this um, if they read our stuff is that my brain is kind of wired to pick at shit so I can enjoy things of course but everything that sucks about everything sticks out to me like a Zelda boss weak spot so when I watch a show like the bad parts like are just completely glaring and so this show has the most forgetful and hilarious world building so they're all blind but like they'll just like go for a walk in a field or just out in the woods. And I'm like, okay, well that character's fucking gone forever. Like they <laughs> yeah, can't find dad. their way home. <laughs> like, So we, we know what blind is. We know what it means. And then like every three episodes, someone will just sort of do something magic. It's like, Oh no, I'm, I'm like a ninja. I can like walk in the footsteps of others. You're like, okay, every so some people episodes, are magic. Yeah. They get, they it get was real straight life.
1: up. Like, okay. They use a lot of that in the first episode. I was, <laughs> I was all on board. Yes. I'll tell you, I was all on board with like their blind world building, uh, in the first episode their their village comes under attack by the superior force and they've just built a really crude stone wall at the middle of this yeah. hill but that's enough if, if your attackers are just a bunch of blind people and they stand on top yep. of the wall and just kind of listen real hard and they have these guys whose special job is that they lean out over the wall on a rope and just fucking go to town with a flail and they, yeah. they don't know what's down there but they're just going to whip the shit out of everything <laughs> like, I was like yes that is great that is great blind fighting and right. then like Hilarious. fucking one of the ladies just does a like a triple flip over the wall and starts spin kicking. Every, like, oh, okay. yeah, I thought we yep. were I thought we were doing blind fights that I was have excited. Game of it.
0: Thrones fights that are like amazingly shot and clearly spent months and months on the choreography where um, there's like their shoulder to shoulder with their friends and they take a swing. And it's like, OK, well, now next time he swings, he's going to kill three of his buddies. Yeah, he has no idea. And,
1: I wanted uh, to see, like, refined windmill style when you just close your eyes and swing in the air <laughs> over and over again and then just walk forward. I, I don't yeah, know if we've these
2: flights. Explicitly said this yet. This takes place in a future, in a post-apocalypse, where for some reason, like a plague or something, has rendered all of humanity blind. Mm-hmm. And so that's it's a universe where, I guess, the way we've been talking about it, where I acting like it's just this tribe of blind people. But it's a world in which sight is no longer a thing, right? And in fact, the idea of seeing is considered heresy. So it gets into
1: very so dumb.
2: This very creative (laughs) stuff where there's like this one group of people who can walk very quietly and like your your characters will be walking along and then this other person will be behind them quietly walking and they don't know they're there because to them that's like a a ghost because it's like we can't perceive this person. They like hide their scent and everything else. So it's weird because it's like, oh right, there that person's invisible to them, but as with a lot of shows like this, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily hold up to scrutiny. But it has by
1: which you mean thought, like any anything more than <laughs> no. just a
2: few minutes. And it is I realize it maybe is a little bit insulting to the blind to say that in a future where everyone was blind, we would just return to the absolute stone age. There would be no technology yeah. or learning or anything. I've once. got
1: a question speaking of that. Okay. They're the enemy faction that uh, of course looking is looking for the chosen one which is obviously they're not looking for the chosen,
2: chosen
1: one. one. No you're right. Smelling. I'm sorry smelling for the chosen <laughs> one uh, are led by it's like a religion and there's a scene mm-hmm. in this show where we just cut in on her and she says she's going to pray and then she starts masturbating yeah. while like praying I'm pretty sure. I've only seen the first episode. Is she praying to electricity?
0: No, that they they have like real gods.
1: Uh, oh, see, the, the way she was talking it about it, I thought she was masturbating to appease electricity, and that's actually why I was why I got on board with this show. So, if you're telling me that's no, they, not right, then uh, I'm just going to be a jerk.
0: They call stuff. I think they call like uh, concrete and metal. They call that god bone, and they sort of see everything like pre-apocalypse is like. Ancient God stuff. Right, and but God, again, the, God the Flame was is, the
1: electricity, right? I
0: think maybe, probably.
1: Or maybe so yeah, Atomic Power. Was, she was praying know. to God Flame. So she was she was masturbating for sure. electricity. All right, I'm back She's on board. jerking
0: off to electricity. Okay, perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I do like the fights. Uh, as I mentioned, they're like high production. And it it's very clear like someone nerded out with Jason Momoa to develop some kind of a blind martial art that's kind of like jujitsu but weirder. So he'll like grab somebody and they'll sort of make a specific point to say, like, this is how a blind badass would grab you in the dark future. Like, he's he's always just going out of his way to say, like, this is a special fighting style just for blind people. And here's, like, I think my favorite thing about the show is that um he moves around like a weirdo outside of the fights. Like, it's clear he worked with some kind of a movement coach to create, like, a slinking panther walk to navigate this sightless world. And he uses it all the time. He's, like, constantly breakdancing through crowds of people who... I should mention, do not have the same movement coach. They're just completely walking normal. They're like, Jason Momoa, we need you to work with the world's greatest mind for three months to get this liquid traveling right. And he's like, oh, it'll be good to get to know the other actors. And they're like, no, 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 no. Just you, Mr. Momoa. We'll get everyone else, I don't know, like, like sticks or something. No, and they'll just just, just walk like normal blind people. <laughs> and so every scene, it's just slinking through this crowd like a giant monster panther. Love it. That's actually what I tweeted about. And... um. After I tweeted that, one of the responses was, Oh yeah, hey, my friend did the movement coaching for that show. His name is Paradox. (laughs) Of course it is. Of (laughs) course. I knew the first episode, Jason Moe's movement coach was like the enigma or the current or some shit like that. So, so if you watch the show and Jason Moe's slinking through the crowd, just know he worked for weeks and months with a
1: a guy named, if you need a guy to invent a walk. This is is his life. This is his career. The the guy who paid handsomely for it
2: may may be listening right now. We're not mad at Paradox Pollock. And I know that we are implying I want to hire you to invent a cool walk for me. (laughs) I know that we're (laughs) implying that Hollywood movement coach should not be a real job. It would be extremely hypocritical for any of us to accuse someone else of having a fake job. (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, But then this led us, unfortunately, down a rabbit hole of the concept of Hollywood movement coaches, because I personally, I will admit, I feel like Jason Momoa is being paid enough that his job as an actor is to himself figure out how would I, like, that's what (laughs) acting
1: is. I'm meant to blind walk, Jason Momoa. Don't outsource this.
2: Yeah, like, this is what, but he's like, no, I'm here to look good. Someone else has to tell me exactly how to act. In this in this role, but Daniel Day Lewis
1: would have been his own movement coach.
2: Yeah,
0: you can. I, I think about poor Paradox like trying to find another gig. Like, I bet he was paid very well for this. But then, like, what do you even audition for as Paradox? Do you like you go to Marvel and you're, hey guys, got any like snake dudes or I don't know, like a llama guy? Uh, and they'll say a yes
1: because they're making eight hundred million. mil there's there's a Star Wars like universe of movies coming. Like, there's four hundred of them. We're gonna I'm, I'm need. I'm sure he'll
0: find work. Yeah.
1: We're gonna need to invent a lot of stupid ways to move around in this future of ours.
2: Okay. In the movie, it I belongs am leg- to Paradox. I am Legend. The zombies or vampires or whatever those those things sure. were. Sure. Paradox Pollock was the movement coach for those creatures. He taught those oh, actors fantastic. how to do the exact crawling or whatever. Which there makes sense because you've got do- video
1: games? Like every video game's gonna need that.
2: Yeah, you've got dozens of actors who or extras or whatever who stunt performers who all have to be playing the same creature. They all have to be mm-hmm. moving the same way. So there that makes total sense. Like like the director's decided what he wants us to look like. This guy's job is to train these people how to do it. Um, but it's, if you see, you know, if we showed you a clip of Jason Momoa trying to walk how he thinks a blind person walks through a <laughs> crowd, it is amusing. Cause he is, it's, it's, uh, he's putting more into it. It would be a very tiring way to move around, I guess. Is He's
1: kind of mad at, but also trying to fuck the ground like a little bit. <laughs> right. It's
0: almost horizontal. Like he's almost completely leaning back in a lot of steps. While also scraping the, the ground with his giant Klingon butcher knife.
2: So in the course of, an, and not to start a tangent on this, but in the course of trying to look up, is this a real job? I One of the first results I got on Google was that for the Doctor Strange movies and the, the seven or eight movies in which Benedict Cumberbatch has been playing Doctor Strange, if any of you have seen those movies, you know that when he casts a spell, he has like this complex hand dance he does and then they right. paint in the cgi wizard around. jutsu yeah wizard yeah and they they pin his the cgi around his hand movements and sure enough he had a hand choreographer he had a finger coach a finger a finger <laughs> movement coach named j funk i think one word oh perfect who is the web boast is the master of the art of something called finger tutting t-u-t <laughs> finger tut or finger-tutting. The, the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch paid whatever he's paid to act as Doctor Strange, and like, okay, well, you're a wizard, so your one thing you do is you wave your hands around to do magic. And whatever he did at that first day of rehearsals... Prompted them to say like, "Okay, we've got to hire somebody." <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> to just hands over his head, flailing around.
1: <laughs> we have <laughs> making these, seagull noises. It's
2: not yeah. enough for the director to tell him, "Well, here, do it like like something like this, do where see? you're kind of shaping magic in the air." It's like, no, 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 we got to bring in a guy to teach him how to do it because this is this is not working.
1: It just every spell looks like a wanking motion. Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> don't you have a second? You don't just have a second a motion? Circle.
0: Just make a fucking circle! What's wrong with you? Slow uh, wank, Jason. You've you've probably seen uh, Conan the Destroyer. We talked about that on the oh, show. Of course. Cool. And because it seems like Mako did not have a hand movement coach. Because when they do like the wizard fights, he like squishes his fingers together and crosses his eyes, and that's it. That's that's how he
1: does his magic. Like how down. magic used to work back in the day. It's <laughs> no really special advanced.
2: Special effects. <laughs> he just runs into finger tutting. Well, see, and maybe I'm way off base here, but I feel like if back in 1980, whatever year that was made, that if they told you, like they cast you as a wizard, and you're like, well, I need somebody to show me how to do wizard (laughs) stuff with my hands, I think they would just...
1: Yeah. Okay, well, now we're casting somebody else. (laughs) We'll we'll let you know, Mako. Thank you for coming in.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Because this is like, you've been cast as a wizard. This is literally the bare minimum you can be asked to do here this is right
0: it's not like car ride over you could practice a couple things and be
2: fine it's not like you've been cast to play eddie van halen in the the van in the the david lee roth biopic and you need to learn how to play guitar this is just no one knows what hand wizard hand movements look like so you can't in theory you can't do it wrong because no one in the audience could be like ah you couldn't cast a portal doing that (laughs) but it's like no
1: I have have nothing to compare it to but but that just doesn't look right to me we better bring in a finger-tutting coach
0: Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't make reference to the new biopic of the guy who invented finger-tutting that seems like that would have been a better reference than Eddie Van Halen because they are making several competing finger-tutting films coming out this year
2: what are the titles of those films Sean?
0: uh (laughs) <laughs> oh let's see i don't have anything prepared but i guess you could call one of them uh tutting around i think that'd be a good one uh i think uh J- brockway do you have any uh finger t- titles
1: uh tut any? king tut king was good. Tut king could be good looks great again the it's one of those <laughs> things where they've just got this amazing budget and it's going to be on like paramount plus or something but i heard they're spending like 200 million dollars on it
0: We did have, in the Slack, we were talking about this and we came up with funny movie titles, but I honestly don't remember them. I know you were setting me up for like a bit, but I I don't remember. I'm going to look them up right now.
1: Summertime
2: Tutton. (laughs) Summertime Tutton. That was yours. That's Good. I'm. This is. I'm glad. I'm glad you remembered. This is not the way improv works. By the way, one person does not just tell someone else to do a bit. <laughs> you, you're <laughs> supposed to. You're supposed to do, bring something of your own, and then if they want to join, then they they can. You don't just yell at someone like. And then what is what is he doing? Uh, but here's the. Here's the one
0: I wrote. It was called Fingers Jackson and the Tut Blading Rads in and Tuts. And then I corrected that to Barry Gordy's Fingers Jackson and the Tut Blading Rads in and Tuts, which I think is solid. That's how you do improv. You look up a joke you wrote three weeks ago.
2: <laughs> you have to uh, scroll up and then the you slack. beat it.
0: <laughs> you go to your work slack. You t- ask the audience, just give you a minute. We'll cut, Jamie, we'll cut all that, and make it sound like we, it's totally normal improv. Uh, I guess the more we talk about C, the more we're going to get into spoilers. But I do think you should go into this knowing it's it's pretty fucking stupid, but like high production stupid. And it has that Game of Thrones thing where uh, the cast splinters and 80% of them are just boring and stupid and you don't care about it. But then like Jason Momoa will redeem an episode by just massacring 15 dudes with his giant
1: blade. And masturbating to electricity. I mean, I, for me and people like me, people who have similar things wrong with them, that's what you need to be sold on a series. In the very first right. episode, the uh, the high priestess of the sightless society who lives in a dam masturbates to the electric god. Sold.
2: Right. And you don't see, for, for, you don't see like genitals. It's just the woman, it's clear, you see her from like the waist up and it, Yet, it's, it's clear. Hold now well, hope for episode two. <laughs> it's clear that she is finger tutting herself. Drumming. She does does remind, or whatever, whatever people say these days.
0: She does remind me of uh, my favorite thing about shows like this in the post-apocalypse, where no one can really agree on an accent. So some people are doing like this high fantasy Peter Dinklage Dungeons and Dragons voice, and other people are like, like Jason Momoa is like growling through it, and then that lady that finger tuts herself. She she's Dutch, I think, and she just brings. Like, her regular Dutch accent with, like... Dutch like energy. Goose. So, she's like, I'm going to jerk off in the heart now. And, like, that's how she delivers every line. Uh, and <laughs> that's nobody how sees she. she that's
1: how she comes. She comes very <laughs> Dutchly.
2: That's what I sound like when I do it, too. So uh We're doing a terrible just... job of selling anybody on actually watching this this show. But it's a good... I, I think...
1: It's a good Dutch orgasm. In the first episode, there's a great Dutch orgasm to the electric god. I don't know how to sell a show better than that.
2: <laughs> it is, no joke, a very creative idea. Because in lots and lots of fantasy universes, they have a thing, This Game of Thrones does this, It's it's a trope now, where magic is gone or banned from the world, and then someone is trying to bring it back. Well, in this world... They think that sight is mythological, the way they that we think of magic. So the concept of being able to see out of these things in your head, and be actually like having a, this other visual view of the, the world or whatever. Like they they can only describe it in like these abstract magical terms because it's been totally lost. And then in the very first episode, this is not spoiling too much because it is the entire premise of the show that kicks it off. A baby is born that can see thus the title of the show which is a huge thing because now this is like a superhuman magical weird heretical thing that this that this baby could do so no you cannot think about it too hard it 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 falls apart within seconds of thinking about it that it is a very fun idea and they it's clear they're having fun with it but nobody in the show no the characters are not winking at the camera like they are all taking it Dead How series. Would yes. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I,
1: uh, to get off a little tangent here, I love this idea. It has like a personal connection to me because when I, my last dog, Roger, uh he went blind, but he was just so stubborn and it kind of happened over a little bit of time, but quickly so that he didn't seem to understand that he was blind and he wouldn't accept any help. So like he really knew the best. He just really thought like, all the lights in the world went out. He thought nobody could see at all, anywhere. So he might as well know just as good as you do. And I love that somebody was like, that's a great premise for a fantasy show. (laughs) It's like, that's the most ridiculous thing. Because clearly, all sorts of animals can see. And like, if you lose the ability to see, like a bear didn't. They never said the bears can't see. So they must just just every squirrel that kicks their ass, they're just How do they know they're fucking psychic or something like they have lost. They still live in the forest. They still live like in the middle of nowhere with just everybody else has the superpower. It's one of the most ridiculous things to be the foundation of the series. And I love it. I I love anything that is just brave enough to be that that boldly stupid and say, yeah, but, you know, come with me on this.
0: You're constantly reminded of it every second, like just a guy walking across the woods. You're like, this is so stupid for 11 different reasons. And it's, it just keeps my mind activated the whole show. I just, I, I love when something is,
1: yeah.
0: And he walks like across
1: those woods into a, like a set that's clearly $12 million that they're going to use for one episode. It's incredible. Right. Yeah.
0: Just glovelessly pawing at sharp things. Like you'd think everyone would be wearing gloves if you have to like hand touch your way through the brambles every day, but no, it's nothing.
2: Yeah, the fight choreography is great. There's a lot of like creative little touches. It's it, it's fun. It, it is. Uh, I realize we're going to go back to making fun of some element of the show at <laughs> any moment now. But <laughs> right, but that's us. It is that's it wrong is, with us. It is it is worth watching if you go in knowing what you're what you're watching. Because obviously, if you sit there, you would think, well, okay, if if because this is hundreds of years in the future of not having sight. In reality, humans hundreds of years from now, a civilization without sight, we would just have totally rebuilt civilization around not having sight, and it would be fine. Like sure. you can you can adapt real good. Without humans are very adaptable, but that's the premise of the show. I was like no, because they have like a religious belief where it was technology that like ruined the world, so they like don't tinker with any of that stuff because that was that that was dangerous or whatever. So that's their excuse for her. Horizon it Zero Dawn is like a uh, similar setup where it's like they've got cultural reasons for not having rebuilt the world.
1: It seemed like they were counting sight as part of that technology, like when they gave that screed in the first episode, she was talking about how like there were wildfires and there's poison in the air and that's why you can't talk about like sight being a thing. So they thought like Sight was like a forbidden technology we used to have, which is just, again, yeah. I love it. It's, it's so dumb, but it's dumb in a great direction.
2: <laughs> let, me, let me give the listeners another example. <laughs> they, When the heroes in the first episode are having to escape from a crisis, they come to a ravine that they believe is totally impassable because a blind person tries to cross it. Well, it turns out there was always a bridge there.
1: No, no, no! That guy, they're they're like savior guy that could see built that bridge for them.
2: But it was, uh, but they just didn't know it because they couldn't see it, right? Like they, right? He, it's been
1: there for like a year or something, or, like eight months. Uh,
2: yeah, so that's fair. It, the, I the, guess. the point is, it it does seem like somebody would have stumbled across it, but but maybe not. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm the one who, who's wrong. But there's a whole thing of like them kind of pawing around at the edge of the ravine and it's like oh there's a bridge here it's the, the show just asked you to come on board with it. yes. <laughs> and it's like look this ravine represents your suspension of disbelief either you will follow us across this rickety bridge <laughs> or you won't
0: i think the thing that takes me out of the story more than anything is uh that there's still like a very treacherous people like there's still like most of them are pieces of shit and kind of want to murder other people, but they live in a world where you could just like throw a rock at somebody and no one would have any idea who did it.
1: Like, <laughs> and even if, if you they hit like them, it would be amazing. <laughs>
0: right. But you could just throw 11 rocks. They'd be like, Hey, who is throwing rocks? Are you throwing rocks? They grab you and you're like, I'm Mike. I'm not even me. And they're like, all right, how would I know? <laughs> Like, (laughs) you you could do anything. So it seems like the first thing you would do once everyone goes blind is stop being pieces of shit, but they don't.
2: They're also all wearing clothes. Like, when sight goes away, there's no reason to put on anything. Because if someone, like, accidentally, like, touches you, and it's like, oh, your your dong is hanging out. It's like, well, yeah, but that's your fault for touching me. Like, otherwise, you would <laughs> never know. Uh, like, you shouldn't you shouldn't have your hands it's down k- there.
1: <laughs> that's kind of what I thought was happening in the electric <laughs> masturbation scene. I thought that she was just like, well, gonna just jerk off right now. Like, I mean, why not? Yeah, no one will know.
2: Yeah, it's in the didn't even realize I would it was gonna it be if, a thing. You could have.
0: I would love it if several extras were jerking off every scene, just because they <laughs> <could>. Cause, cause, <laughs>
1: just in the background
2: somewhere. <laughs> They're having like a, a meeting, like a council meeting, like six of the councilmen are just jerking off because each one individually <laughs> thinks, "Well, nobody's gonna know if I just start cranking, cranking my hog while while he's talking." It's like as long as I do it silently, like. <laughs> You know, it's they're not gonna they're not gonna hear, and then but turns out they're all doing except for like one of them.
0: Anyway, that's episode three. (laughs) It would be an easy porn parody to make. Not a lot of pun to be had of semen. Yeah, but (laughs) yeah, semen. That's
2: done, but amazing. Again, there is no porn parody because no one is searching for a C porn parody because no one is watching C. We will never know how many people watch or don't watch this show because all of these streaming services just. Either they totally lie about their numbers or they just don't say anything because you'll have that stupid thing Netflix does where it's like 40 million people watched at least part of the new Adam Sandler movie. And it's like, yeah, because it auto plays when you browse (laughs) past it on your menu and you're counting that as a, as a a stream. Like, no, I do not believe that 40 million people sought out the new Adam Sandler movie and watched it on purpose. But they, Jason, this
0: is going to terrify you. But I saw on Hulu stats that Out of Death, the Bruce Willis film, Out of Death, was like their most popular movie last month. <laughs> no way it wasn't. That's what it. Fucking, that's what that's they, they claim. Like, and if so, it wasn't
1: and they claimed that, that's crazier. <laughs> yes.
0: It's just because it's. if you turn on Hulu, it's just a massive picture of Bruce Willis. You got to see Out of Death. And you hear the name, you're like, fuck yes, Out of Death. But And uh, apparently enough people started that that it, it was... Statistically dominating everything else on
1: the platform. I would love to see at one point they stop that because I guarantee it's like four minutes. New but that doesn't matter. New listeners, we count.
2: we did an entire podcast episode on the Bruce Willis movie Out of Death. You feel free to go find that in the feed. <laughs> it's yep. worth
0: yeah. Watch that, you assholes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, no spoilers. Watch that too, and then come back.
0: Uh, I, it made me think of it because when you mentioned Adam Sandler, the the point we sort of came to was like there's this whole like like film industry built around one person. And Adam Sandler has a film industry built around him that are kind of fine. Like they're not good. But compared to the Bruce Willis film industry that's currently existing, it's so much better. Like Bruce Willis has like the same 50 people he gives jobs to when he makes a movie. Shows up. They film him for 12 hours. They like splice that in the movie however they can. Boom. Bruce Willis, ship it. Adam Sandler will like take – five or six weeks with his best friends to like a tropical island paradise and make eh, a a passable comedy. And it's like, this is a perfect life. All these people are so happy. And it's funny just how Adam Sandler was doing the exact same thing as Bruce Willis, but just a hundred times better and more positively.
2: Yeah. And making way, way, way more money at this
0: point. Probably for five times the work, 10 times the work. I don't know more work. Bruce Willis it's hard to beat him like dollar per minute. But um, anyway, that's that's the point I was trying to make. Um I think we've talked about C enough. I think we should move on to one of your guys' shows. Uh, let's read?
1: let's do my show next. Let's do Into the Night because uh I have a feeling everybody's going to really want to talk about 30 Coins. 30 Coins was my yeah. favorite. That's that's what Jason's bringing, if you are God,
0: 30 Coins is so good. It was, Into uh, the Night is also surprisingly good
1: it was surprisingly good and that that's why i brought i really seized onto the surprise part because i literally never i had heard of c and uh i had had 30 coins added on my list just because i was browsing through the horror section i had never heard of i never heard heard anybody mention into the night i had no idea what it was going to be and uh I'll, I'll just give you the grounding for it real quick it's uh, It follows a handful of survivors on like a commercial jet, like a commercial airliner, and they are trying to outrun the sun because the sun has suddenly turned deadly, like neutron bomb deadly, and is just wiping out all life on Earth. So they have to perpetually stay ahead of daylight by you know flying the wrong way around into perpetual night this whole time and about the problems they have doing that. And uh, first of all, like all my favorite premises... That's at once. It's brilliant. It's clever. It's compelling. And it's stupid as shit. I love it. Yes. <laughs> it's got everything I want in there. Here's what
0: I love is how quickly they get into the premise. Like you hear that and you're like, okay, cool. Like any other show, you'd have to meet a whole bunch of shitty characters. Like, oh, exactly. let's meet the medical school dropout and the bigot and the ethnic and the mom. And, and it's like, no, they've outpaced the log line by minute six. They're like, boom,
1: we're the, the sun's killing everybody. Get on the plane. And the entire show, that's my favorite thing about this show, uh, like their characters and eh, the plot's kind of eh. but the pacing on this show is fucking amazing. And if you ever don't understand what somebody says, if somebody starts talking about like escalating stakes, it's just yeah. the most escalating stakes and it's always something. It's always hitting that beat. It's always ending on the next one. Like I kept thinking, surely these are like 20 minute episodes because they burn by and then I'm like, nope, one more and we're watching the next one. And they're just, they I saw, start. <laughs>
0: I saw that there's two seasons, which seems like extra stupid and impossible, but kind of fascinating. Like, how, how do you run the sun for two seasons? See, this,
2: <laughs> this was my, this is why I never started watching Into the Night before prep for this. Because I have a pet peeve of streaming series, ongoing series that are clearly a movie premise. It's like, no, this is a movie. Like, this should be a two-hour movie. And so people on a plane trying to stay ahead of the sunrise because the sun has turned deadly, like, that's a movie. That That's, you know, and it's, it's one tense movie. And then when I see, like, a headline, "Into of the night, re- renewed for season two, it's like- They should make 11 seasons of blank episodes and put them on Netflix just to fuck with people.
0: Because every season you add to this premise makes me more and more curious.
2: <laughs> the other thing is that the- Soundtrack or the score, the tension music like like the, there's these drums that play behind it. I think if this show was silent, I think half of the tension would disappear because it is expert use of yeah. like sound sound design and score like it's it's that you can kind of hear movie tension music in your head. That's a great example of it,
1: yeah, that's the this show is one thing, and that is like tension and stakes, and it just drives it. Forever, and it gets into it so quickly. Like it really starts off with like the one clever thing we have is this premise of like we have to get on a plane and outrun the sun, and you're right there. And I would argue it does work for a season. Like mm-hmm. of course, in season two, they abandon everything I love about it, but for season one, is just a standalone piece of
2: well, it's. Of- it's- spoiling anything to explain what they do in season two because i'm legitimately curious but i don't want to spoil people who want to go watch the show Well, just
1: if you're gonna watch season two or you don't want to know then just uh skip ahead about 30 seconds uh they (laughs) (laughs) they find uh, a safe place to like land and uh, there's a bunker under like a lake or something that keeps them safe and then it's just like every other it's just like walking dead or every other post-apocalyptic show becomes that exact same thing where the real the real enemy is people in society and eh, I'm, I'm just done with it but for one season they maintained this fucking madcap pace and it was so good and compelling and i tore through it in like two nights and I, one of the other reasons i brought it is that uh it is based on a book on a polish sci-fi novel and it's called the old axolotl
2: right.
1: and uh yeah, it, and here's uh it's 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 based on the book and they say, you know, it's based on this book that, that they got official permission and everything. Here's the uh the description of the book, The Old Axolotl. An exhilarating post-apocalyptic tale about a world in which a cosmic cat- catastrophe has sterilized the earth of all living things. All right, you're on board so far, right? Yeah. That's one that's one sentence.
0: Where's that axolotl come in? <laughs>
1: Only a small number of humans have managed to copy digitalized versions of their minds onto hardware in the nick of time. (laughs) Deprived of physical bodies, they continue to exist by uploading themselves onto gigantic industrial robots, sophisticated medical machines, mechs designed for hard labor, military drones, star troopers, and sex bots based on Japanese manga. Drowning in nostalgia for the lost world, the survivors create civilization after civilization, life after life, humanity after humanity, forming alliances and fighting wars. They develop their own politics, ideologies, and crazy hardware religions and they face dilemmas no one has ever confronted before. What makes us human? Is it possible to copy a soul? Who really lives, fights, and dies in those metal bodies? Who plays out the melancholy drama of physiology and the flesh? The old axolotl depicts the reversal of old oppositions between life and death, progress and stagnation, the organic and the mechanical, exploring the mystery of the human soul and the eternal solitude of the human individual, whether trapped in a body or the reinforced steel of a robot. Amazing.
2: Now, to be clear, season two of Into the Night is not that. (laughs) Season
1: two is not that. Uh, It's just, (laughs) again, skip ahead if you don't want to know. Uh, it's just them in a bunker. So they, they took literally the first sentence of this, the old axolotl is an exhilarating post-apocalyptic tale about a world in which a cosmic catastrophe has sterilized the earth of all living things. And they were like, <laughs> okay, but it's on a plane. And uh, yeah. everything after that just fucks off. It's speed on a plane is what we're doing. And uh, your weird experimental book about fucking sex bots based on manga and what it means to be human in, in like book six of Dune here. There's also just a ton of stuff about how the book was like playing with the electronic format, hypertext and 3D printable models of characters embedded in there. And they they took and they made this this one show about quick paced fucking running from the sun thing. But but it is getting a spinoff. The show did well enough that not only did it get a season two, it's getting a spinoff.
0: We'll get that cyber into the night where they upload themselves into, you know. Combat bots and sex robots.
2: No, it's just set
1: on a submarine.
2: Okay, specifically, okay. this is what Wikipedia says: a Turkish language submarine spin-off called Into the Deep will be released next year. Is that why is it Turkish? It's just Turkish. The, they the Turkish are <laughs> adapting it.
0: Okay, they love submarines
2: because <laughs> the Turkish version of any sci-fi movie. Usually kicks all kinds of ass. I, that actually would, I would actually watch a Turkish just straight remake of, (laughs) and I, they, they, 100%. Those movies may not be the same as what I'm picturing in my mind.
0: (laughs) I don't think those are mainstream Turkish movies, the ones you're thinking of,
2: but, but uh, that's fascinating, Robert, that they bothered buying the rights to that book because clearly they didn't need to. They could just, you can easily just, if you just made a show about people in a plane trying to outrun the sun, uh, you know, the author of that book wouldn't be like, hey, that's the book I wrote. Because it's clearly. This, this. Right.
1: That goes to court and you're like, uh, there's no fucking Japanese manga sex bots. This isn't about like humanity building themselves out in the digital age. Like, I, I right, don't
0: but know the sun
2: thought. kills them. The, Judge, your honor, the sun kills them. It's like, isn't there uh. at least one Nicolas Cage movie where that's there's a sun apocalypse or
1: right. I just, I love that he gave his official permission and I went looking for the book like, huh, I wonder how the book is. And then got this <laughs> crazy fucking neuromancer meets Dune screed of, of this very simple show about how this plane can't land. Plane can't and land what, is what the show's called.
0: What's the deal with Axelaw that they're like, they regenerate, right? What's, but they're not like yeah. What's yeah. that word you're
2: saying? Like I don't know what axolotl. Okay, but what? Why is the book called that?
1: Uh, I'm assuming it's because an axolotl is it's kind of a like a salamander-like creature, and they can regenerate. So it's all about humanity regenerating, I guess, in different forms. So
2: I, anyway, I do see why that doesn't
1: apply to Into the
2: Night. Netflix didn't choose that as as the title. It's called The Old Axolotl, but what what is it about?
1: Well, these these guys on a plane. Uh, the plane is named The Axolotl. <laughs>
2: yeah, because you know how we name planes like old old pirate like ships. ships. Anyway, it's a great show. Uh,
1: that's really all I had to talk about. It's a simple show, but uh, you'll burn through season one. and I had never heard of it.
2: Yeah, it's only six 30-minute episodes per season. You can watch it all in one, one day if you consume TV the way people do now.
1: If you consume T V like everybody.
2: Yeah, where you just sit there and disassociate for six straight hours and watch watch it as one one long thing. We did want to talk about Dirty Coins. This is an HBO show out of that's out of Spain that it, it my reading into it apparently is a big deal in Europe. And the show clearly has a budget. Uh, Not just because of monster CGI stuff, but in the course of the show, they not only are shooting in several cities around Spain, but there are scenes in New York, Paris, Jerusalem, Geneva, Rome, and that was all shot on location. Like, so this is a serious show. And then I guess this, Spain's version of the Golden Globes, like their awards for TV and movies, it swept like every category. So I suspect this is a big deal in Europe. But for whatever reason, I only saw it because I think I saw somebody on Twitter talking about it, and I dug through HBO's menus and found it. But I never, for me, I never had HBO's, the HBO Max app, like, presenting it to me mm-hmm. as... Yeah, me neither, and
1: this is literally all I look for. This is, like, the only thing I look for on HBO Max, and it it did not give this to me. I, I did find it on my own and arrive to it, but it was because I... Just dig through that horror category and add whatever.
2: Yeah. Now, like um, Into the Night, it is foreign language. It is subtitled. But and so maybe they, like maybe HBO doesn't. I mean, I feel like they've got a lot of foreign language shows that they actually do kind of put front, front and center. But maybe they, some of them, maybe they pick and choose and think, well, maybe people don't necessarily want to watch a show out of Spain. But to me, like to spoil at least the, the first episode, like toward the end of the first episode, um, a giant spider monster with a, a baby's head, a giant baby for a head. It's chasing a the, the protagonist priest and another, and, and a woman into that, that priest and his uh, church and his chapel, whatever. And he runs to a wall and opens a secret panel revealing his giant rack of machine guns. And then yeah, he grabs that's- one and starts dipping the bullets in the holy water. I feel like that is the universal language. Yes. Like that that's scene, I don't yeah, feel like HBO should be saying, "Oh, if well, if you're not from Spain, you won't get what's happening here." This is it's like <laughs> don't no, get no.
1: the subtle references
0: <laughs> to folklore. This, this, is. if you don't like this, I encourage you to fuck yourself. Like that's fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, in every way.
2: So it is a. Basically, it's Lovecraftian horror that what I just described, if that sounds like an Evil Dead type of thing, it is in no way being glib or slapstick. No one is winking at the camera. No one is like saying, whoa, what a crazy situation we're in. Everyone plays it dead straight. And the premise is that there's this, it opens up like the very first thing you see and the show is like this remote control zombie walking into a bank or something and shooting up the place and stealing a coin. And you realize that this evil group of priests is trying to collect the 30 coins that are the coins that Judas was paid to betray Jesus. Because by assembling them all into one spot, it will like summon Satan and let them take over the world or whatever. And so to stop them, there's this one ass-kicking priest, basically the hero of the show, who's this chain-smoking, tattooed priest who spends all of his spare time like boxing, shirtless, and he's the type of protagonist that. Who would it be if this was was an American movie? Who would they cast as that? It would be someone who looks Danny Trejo. Yeah, it's because he's sort of like not Dave Bautista, maybe. Yeah, Dave Bautista'd
0: be good. Yeah, Jason Momoa. But he, all the cast to see the the Dutch lady that jerks out in the tub. <laughs>
2: um, and so yeah, and he is the type of of the priest who like he's fighting the powers of evil with uh, actual physical weapons because they these the powers of evil are manifesting themselves as a number of of, of very creative right. monsters, uh, and it is just spectacular. I personally believe that a thousand years from now the events of this show will be considered canon by the christian church like i think they will just have made <laughs> this part of the bible
1: bible yeah, 3.0 at that point there's but.
0: so much that happens in the show like uh just in the first episode that that zombie remote control thing jason mentioned happens it's like 5 minutes and he goes into a bank its coin comes out gets in a car and you're like no words are said and you're like i know 50 things about this show
1: it's such a great scene that's such a killer yes, opening it's and that just it really nails on like he doesn't register at like any ball it doesn't care it's not a big deal he doesn't he's not mad about it he's not glib about it it's just like it, that zombie is all business and i <laughs> and you immediately like oh shit this is fucked up i've seen this scene this exact scene like a million times but but because of the way they play it, where he's just sort of robotically walking through this horrible scene. And that that show does yeah. that so well, like, so many times. There's, like, something you think you've seen before, but the way they play it is, uh, makes it special.
0: Right. And then, like, every show's got, like, a second or third sort of, like, barely-related X-Files thing that, that festers into a full-on Resident Evil battle with puzzles and traps. And then there's also they almost fuck with the audience and the other characters because like, obviously the bad guys are very treacherous, but then the priest is always kind of like trying to gaslight people to be like, yeah, you shouldn't believe that this is Satan shit. Like he, he sometimes doesn't believe it himself. And so you're like, you're never quite sure how much is happening. And on a show, this like well-made, like every choice feels
1: very intentional. So it's okay. uh, It's all clearly happening and he believes it, but he feels like duty bound that he says a, a bunch of times, like, Don't open your mind to this. Don't, like, accept this as reality because this is just... If you do, this is going to be your reality. Yeah. And so he's always, like, coaching people on, like, ways that they can deny, plausibly deny what they've just seen. Even if it's absurd and it's frequently super absurd. Like, fucking baby spider monster comes in and attacks this woman and he's like, Oh, well, you know, you, you were really scared. You were probably... <laughs> you know hallucinate there was like uh yeah there was like some shadows that might have looked i got i got like a little cut out of a baby spider monster up in the window and you know the wind was moving it around yeah <laughs> no, dude happens.
0: yeah i i like all the uh it subverts a lot of expectations like um a good example is like the hunk mayor like he's this this huge buff guy that would be he looks just like the Punisher. He would be the the hero in any other show, but in this one he just completely sucks. He never wins a fist fight. <laughs> it's a he's fucking like winning sh- <laughs> and I love it. Shitty marriage to the town fish wife, and he pines after the town's only hot girl. Like there's all these monsters running around. He's like fussing about what social media is gonna think of their hick town. And uh he's like I, I just like it because they seem to see where he came in and pick up a pumpkin. He's just like these j- big gym muscles that are just for show. And again, maybe they cast the wrong guy. Like maybe they, he was supposed to be a one no, guy. Great. Like, but again, I think everything's intentional. I think they want us to think this this guy's gonna do it, but he just fucks everything up.
2: It also I love it. takes place in because you mentioned social media. It should be made clear. It takes place in modern day, but they live mm-hmm. in this small town that appears to be from the Middle Ages. <laughs> like it's right.
1: I kind of look. Maybe this is close minded of me. I've never been to Europe. I just assume that's what Europe is like.
2: Yeah, well, is that, that's the thing. That not I, I watched a, like? It's the same thing whenever an, an action movie goes to Mexico, and they do like that yellow filter on the screen. And we all just assume that Mexico is just these dusty old Western yeah. towns made of adobe, and obviously, in in reality, that's not. So, but this is—it's a real town that I guess is like an old fort that has become a town. Maybe it's
0: yeah, like a little castle village that. They've modernized.
2: Yeah. So I, I guess it is like it wasn't a, an invention for the show. Cause it's, if, if an American show was set in Spain and it looked like that, I would think, Oh, this is extremely racist. <laughs> like they, <laughs> Spain, <laughs> Spain is a modern country. It is not, it is not stuck in the 1700s. Uh, but no, it's, it, but it's a great setting and there's, there's like some visual. For covering ground that you've seen a million times or played in a million video games, there's some visual that sticks in your head multiple times an episode, like everything about the creature design, everything about just the way they stage action is Expertly that fucking done.
1: giant baby from the first episode. I know it turns into the fucking scorpion baby monster, but even just the he, giant baby form was... He was scarier as a giant baby. It's like,
2: holy fucking shit, get that thing the hell yeah. out of here. It's a baby as as tall as a human, but with the proportions of a baby. So its head is like the size of your torso, and it's doing baby stuff. And and Because, again, the show, the first episode... First thing you see, that remote control zombie. Very next thing you see, a human baby being born out of a cow. <laughs> right. Third thing you see, the tattooed chain-smoking priest wailing on a punching bag, and you realize, oh, this is the town priest. The, the next thing, they, they ask him to come look at the the baby that came out of the cow, and he's like, ah, it's probably a hoax. Probably just somebody stuffed a baby in there, whatever. Yeah. And the, the next thing you see is them, him like moving in his boxes of machine guns because he knows what's coming. And then it just goes from and the next thing you see, they go to follow up on the baby and it's now giant. And it just keeps going. It keeps going from there. And everyone in I the show thought, is just dead serious about it, all of it.
1: I thought I knew exactly what this show was. And this is one of the reasons I had it on my list and I didn't watch it is because I've watched so much horror that. When you give me a very vague description, like, you know, this priest fights evil that might, may or might, may not exist in a small town, I'm like, okay, well, I'll probably end up watching that because I watch everything. But I've seen that so many times before. I, it's, mm. I know what religious horror is. I know it's going to be this priest facing down like, oh, it's this guy's going to be possessed. It's going to be a little spin-off The Exorcist. Maybe they do a little of their own thing. He's going to wonder whether or not God is real and whether or not demons are real. And this show's like, nope, giant baby, fucking giant baby flesh scorpion monster, go. Remote control zombies, heads up, motherfucker.
0: You guys skipped over one of my favorite characters. There's a town idiot who's like this special needs dude with these huge, goofy, like, country hick teeth. And what he does is he basically (laughs) explains to every other character precisely what's going on. But no one believes him because he's an idiot. But he'll like straight up walk into a room and be like, oh, yeah, that guy's the devil. He just did a whole bunch of shit with the fog. And all right, I'm done. And he'll just sit down and have a beer. And no one believes him. But shut up, idiot. (laughs) Every episode, like, oh, no, no, no. Someone raised the dead. That that guy's a zombie. Okay. Okay, crazy guy.
1: They keep saying that they live in a... The mayor, especially, is really concerned about looking like he lives in a hick town. Do you think in Spain, the hick towns are all in like 17th century ruins?
0: <laughs> they might be. I'd like to picture it that way.
1: That's well, like, that's how I'm doing it now. All of their hillbillies are just living in like beautiful dilapidated fortresses.
0: I just watched a, an old episode of MacGyver for the site and MacGyver infiltrated like some Spanish village in the vast countryside and it uh, did not have a castle, but it looked like a little hick village, but um, they still had inflatable boats. I mean, they, they were pretty modern.
1: Oh, I'm pretty sure this one has a castle. Yeah, this this show has a castle. There's a castle in this village, in this H- sure. rural hick village, occupied by hillbillies.
2: I,
0: it's hard to talk about the show. I don't want to spoil anything people are watching.
2: We've spoiled just so much. Well, we, we've spoiled completely that first episode, but it's yeah. you have to... This is This is a case where reading the description or watching a trailer for it is probably not going to convey what you're getting. And I'm telling you, The the fact that we've given away some of the most shocking moments of that first episode, that is, this is not a show that has like shot its wad in the first episode and then is just kind of petering out after that. It's it only it only keeps getting stranger from there. But it's uh no, this is this is exactly because I realize we're describing it as being very good and then also at times describing it as just extremely uh stupid but that my thing my whole thing my genre is is very well crafted trash Uh,
1: yeah you can be both you can be real good and real stupid yeah in fact those are my favorite things
2: the netflix mega hit peaky blinders it's it's like one of the bbc's all-time most popular shows that is a show that is the most gorgeously crafted trash you will ever see It's clearly trashed, like it's hyper violent and there's nudity and it's ludicrous that it is so polished and so well done and the performances are great. And it's like, yeah, this is my this is my thing. Mm
0: -hmm. Speaking of nudity, 30 coins has some real like 90s throwback gratuitous nudity, like the hot girl agreed to do some nudity and they're like, all right, sweet. We're going to just barely not show it go in for, like, a <laughs> solid minute.
1: it's. See, I'm only on, like, the second episode. That's a, a lovely guys- surprise to me. Does she <laughs> masturbate to the electric god? That's the uh, only does, thing I thought uh, the show was missing. does not need to. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. this-
0: <laughs> she can get it.
1: Oh, I know what that means. She fucks the electric god.
0: Hell
2: yes. No, because the show's, like, the implausibly hot mayor, like, he stands out as being... I don't know if he's like a superstar in in Spain, like if he's maybe a famous actor. See, I, this is a thing that I yeah, never. I don't know because that was the same thing, like in in Squid Game. Like some of those people are super famous. It turned out, and I I had no idea because you know I have a narrow a narrow minded uh, Hollywood centric view of the world. But, yeah, i the, that sense here, though. The implausibly, like, I don't think any actual mayor in America is as sexy as this dude. Like, it's it's. it's <laughs> yeah, he's a 10. Distracting how... Full hunk. Like, he takes his shirt off, and, like, I can't hear what anybody is saying, because it's like, <laughs> okay, that's... Uh, there's no... It is, it's
1: no, wonderful, but I think it, it's such a good choice for that character, because he's also just a total dipshit and he's wildly incompetent like it's sort of a realistic depiction of what an absolutely stunningly beautiful man who has never really had to do or learn anything (laughs) is now like faced with the impossible facing down like the devil's army (laughs) and this is how it would turn out and i love it and
0: he fucks it up at every step like this
1: guy just can't
0: catch a break yeah like he's missing a chunk of flesh in every single episode he's like all right i'm missing an arm a dog bit my neck.
2: Yeah, and his and it's clear early on, like his his cranky wife is, um, not like she's you know kind of one of the antagonists. As it turns out like she's right. clearly not on board with what they're doing and and all that. And uh, then he is he's going to remain clueless to that fact for a very long time, which <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, which again, is perfect for his character. Yeah,
0: she could just wear a name tag that says "time bomb." And he, would, he fucking missed it. Like, this character walks in the room, you're like, okay, yeah, the, the girl with the resting bitch face is going to be trouble later.
1: I do get the sense, I get that same sense, that I feel like every major character in this show is probably a huge star in Spain. Like, household name. And so it's really funny to me that, like, Spanish Brad Pitt is the bumbling dipshit in this. Yes. Whereas Spanish Bob Hoskins is your... priest hero
0: that's part that's the one that's a bob hoskins role yeah because
2: some people would have cast yeah the the ripped dude and as the the priest the priest would come in to be like the implausibly sexy priest and the priest instead they cast someone who does look like he could kick your ass like he looks like a guy because the whole point is like he spent some time in prison and and all that and yeah he they they cast that part well
0: have you guys seen there's a uh i think it was even a spanish movie with Mickey rooney back in the day and he he went crazy and thought he was a giant baby. And he, it's this, just as terrifying.
1: Is this, is this real or is this Todd King again? This is real.
0: This is a real, a real thing. <laughs> so look it up. Uh, Mickey Rooney played a giant baby in this movie. And it's uh, truly terrifying in the same way the giant baby isn't here. In fact, it might have been him. <laughs> I don't know, still alive, what is
2: the name of this movie, Sean, that you're talking about?
0: Is it The Milky Life? Could be. It
2: cannot be called that.
0: Oh, no, no. That's from 1993. I think it was before that.
2: There was Let's a check. movie made in 1993. He, oh, okay, oh, this is a yeah, different is. movie. That's exactly Retired it. billionaire the- Rooney
1: feels his family loves only his money and not him. He plans to live as an adult baby with his wet nurse, Sage Brecht. When thieves break into his mansion and hit him on the head, he starts to grow younger. Yeah, that's there the cannot be two movies. <laughs> <laughs> what year was that that's- made? 1993. Found more content for the site. <laughs> yeah, we gotta do. We gotta do something. There's with the no milky way we're life. not covering the Milky Life.
2: <laughs> the Milky Life. Oh, so it. So I was not mishearing.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's La Vida Lactea.
0: <laughs> la Vida Lactea.
2: Um. Okay, hold on. I, I'm. I'm looking for a trailer for.
0: <laughs> Pump those juicy tits. Oh no, I live in La Vida.
2: I've got the entire movie on YouTube. Okay. Give me a moment. Give me an hour and 17 minutes. minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to scrub through here and try to... uh,
0: So we're doing a live watching of the Milky Life now. Jason's going to lead us through it.
2: (laughs) This is extremely poor quality for something that's 1993. Because they had working... Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, Yeah, here's him getting a sponge bath... A nude sponge huh. bath, and he's interested um, for
1: the electric god. I'm assuming.
2: <laughs> okay, we must I'm cl- the electric god. So, is the phrase "the Milky Life" is that a play on words that I would? Understand? It would
1: be insane if it wasn't. <laughs> if, if,
2: <laughs> if this it was movie just was, was unrelated, just unrelated, like just out of nowhere,
1: or- if they came up with this and it's called <laughs> the Milky Life, and that doesn't mean something in Spain. <laughs> That's got to be
0: what you call that fetish when you when you wear the diaper. And...
1: It, yeah, that's that fetish when you realize your family doesn't love you and somebody hits you on the head so you actually become the adult baby that you were pretending to be to annoy your family.
0: Hey, I, I think that's very erotic. That sounds very erotic. Okay, it's, <laughs> it's
1: terrible Jesus when you're Christ. reaching the end of your podcast and you just figure out what it's really about. <laughs> yeah, it's been the Milky Life this whole time. We just <laughs> needed to find it.
0: Einstein, wounded, Frankfurt. Frankfurt. Frankfurt Unser Podcast knallt Und mit maximalem Schau Sagt Frankfurt Podcast Korrekt ja. ja Die Kraft ist nicht Kraft ist nicht ohne Schick die in die Hundesau Für eine Stunde Komm schon Du kennst die Nummer 1-900 one Hunde, Frankfurt
1: Thank you all for coming today. Our community has suffered a great loss, but we will never forget the brave performers of the Hot Dog Jet Ski stunt team, the Supremes. Please stand for a list of the honored dead. Three Finger Louie, we hardly knew you. I, I didn't mean that to rhyme, I'm so sorry. Aaron Croston, Adrian H, Aiden Moad, Alpha Scientist Java. We're still looking for his face, by the way. Uh, everyone check your intake filters. Armando Nava, Benjamin Cyron Brandon Garlock, Brianne Whitney, Chase McPherson, Children love the meat family. I know this one is hardest on you kids. You're going to have to find someone new to love now. I suggest Jesus. Chris Brower, Curious Glare, Dan B, Laziest Man on Mars, Dean Costello, Dr. Awkward, Eric Spaulding, you will be missed, but everyone gathered here today has to admit, that was a sick clip. Fancy Shark jell o High Haraka You flew too close to the sun, by which I mean jet ski too close to that cruise ship. Hot Fart Jaber L. Aiden John John McCammon John Minkoff We're retiring your number. Nobody will ever be number one again, in our hearts, or on our life vests. Josh S. Ken Paisley K&M Lyman All the doubters said you'd never land that 920 Superman backflip, and they were right. Still waiting for you to come down, buddy. Mark Matt Cortez Matt Riley Mike Stiles Mixmaster Moju, DJ of the sea. You're spinning discs for Jet Ski Jesus now. ND Neil Bailey Neil Schaefer Nick Ralston Nick H Patrick Herbst Rev who never told us his real name and would only answer to the sound of a jet ski motor redlining. Rihanna. Rich Jawsly. Sarkovsky. Donald Finney. Timmy Leahy. You should not have tried to make two jet skis fight while also riding them, but if you'd listened, you wouldn't have been our Timmy. Toasty God. Tom Sekula. Yosarian, And Josh Fabian. The worst jet ski mechanic who ever lived. You might have killed all your friends, but there's one thing a poorly maintained jet ski can never kill, and that's our memories. We'll miss you most of all.